Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. First of all, it's been a long time. Um, I You may have talked about this in the Instead doc that I helped Mendel with the timeline edit for, but... Um, you know, just refreshing my memory, the memory of anyone who doesn't know, how did you get into, um, because we're going to get to instead in a little bit, how did you get into this music? The hardcore punk rock? Yeah. Yeah. um, uh, When I was about 11 years old, 12 years old, my parents were getting a divorce. And um, my cousin, she was an older cousin, she had a, a boyfriend who had a van that could help us move. He was a surfer guy. And so him and a couple of his buddies uh, agreed to help help us move out of the house. And when they showed up, um, they were playing uh, Bad Religion, How Could Hell Be Any Worse, on their cassette in the, in the van. And they were slamming in the van. <laughs> and I thought it was crazy. I'd never heard anything like it. So um, that was my first exposure to, like, a hardcore punk. Like, I, obviously, I was listening to Rodney on the Rock, and I was exposed to The Clash and things like that. But this was, like, a next-level stuff. What was year kind of- was was that? Probably 82. And yeah. at this point, are you playing bass? Like, when do you start and how do you start playing playing the bass? I start playing, I asked for a bass, I think, the following year for Christmas. So by the time I was 13 or 14, I was, I had asked to, uh, to pick up an instrument and start playing. So, um, and that, and by that time, I was really into the scene. You know, I mean, I was like buying punk records at that point and everything. And I knew, oh, I want to do this. Well, how, so, oh, yeah, no, no. Go go on. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty much it. But that was my first exposure. I always credit uh, that religion. How could help me any worse? As being one of the first. That was one of the first records I actually, when I saved up enough money to start buying records, that was the first one I went and got. Um, by the way, and this just hit me, and this is an off the subject, but I have to say this just because I owe you a debt of gratitude because, and I think I still have it. You lent me, uh, the clash, um, that documentary and the name is escaping me. Oh yeah. Um, way to the world. Yes. You lent that to me and you said, Hey, watch this. I, I think that you'll like it. And at that point we were talking about doing a really in depth instead doc. And you were like, and you were like, just see if this gives you any ideas. So anyway, um, there was uh, the opening of it. And I want to say he's singing White Riot, I think. Probably. And it's just black and white, him in the studio. And I just, I remember watching that. And I, it was like, it was like, wow. And then I spoke to Banks, Jeff, Jeff Banks. And I was like, hey, Rich, let me that movie. He's all that opening of him. Like, he's all, I get the chills. It's but, amazing. Well, how this ties back to you is... Um, 
uh, last summer I edited a documentary which you can watch on um, my YouTube channel that's a part of the whole Orange County, the, the whole Orange County Hardcore Scenester thing called Far Side Into the Studio. And the movie opens with Popeye just singing in the studio. And the whole reason it does that is because you showed me that documentary oh, and awesome. I never forgot that. So thank you for that. Oh, man, you're welcome. That's awesome. I'm happy. Um, my okay. next question for you is, how does it go from you're in the van seeing these guys slamming the bad religion to you going to shows? Well, um, I when we as we were moving out of the neighborhood, going through the whole divorce thing, there was a couple guys down the street. They were brothers, and um, they were punkers. Um, and they were on a moped, and they'd drive by my brother and I. And I didn't know this at the time, but what they were doing is they were driving by my house to get to their other friend's house a few blocks away and they had a band together and so but they were a few years older they were probably five years older than me and they would drive by on this moped and they would try to like hit us but like scare us like as kids and so i always thought that was cool too these like guy with a mohawk on a moped with his brother and they're like swerving at us and and so i made a note mental note as we were moving out of the neighborhood i wanted to meet these guys officially right so we moved out of the neighborhood but my school was still right there in the neighborhood so um, one day after school, I decided to walk to their house. I knew which house they lived at and this and that. And I remember walking up to their house and there was a, they had a stencil, um, they spray painted the vandals on the, on the sidewalk in front of their house and they had this car or whatever. And I ended up knocking on the door and they were cool. They were like, <laughs> Hey, come on in. You know, whatever. One of the guys had broken his leg on, on a motorcycle accident or whatever. So he was laid up on the couch right in the front room. And uh, they invited me in, and I was like, yeah, you know, here's my name. I don't remember all the details, but they basically embraced me. And that's actually, um, it was two brothers. And one of the brothers ended up teaching me how to play bass. Um, and they started taking me and my brother to shows because they were old enough to drive at the time. We were I, a few years before I could drive. And, and so I what got part of to, Orange County is this, that this is... Happening. This is actually this is actually pre Orange County. This was a, a tiny town called Roland Heights, which is it's technically L.A. County. It's right on the border, you know, right over the hills from Fullerton. Um, so that's kind of the geographical area. It's right over the hills from Fullerton, but in a weird suburb of L.A. Tiny town that no one really knows about. There was probably ten punkers the whole in the whole town. Uh, a, a side note, though, I'll tell you who who knows about Roland Heights is Big Frank. We went to the same <laughs> high school. Uh, and what? And so, when you say schools, what schools are these? Like when you were in school, Roland High, Roland High School is the, is the high school that okay. I graduated from, and that's also the high school that Big Frank graduated from, and that's also the, the high school that Paul Tillett from Golden Boys graduated from, and that's a little bit of history there and and generations. Definitely, definitely. So then, so then, you move from Roland Heights to where though? Is it Anaheim? Is it Garden Grove? Where where? Placentia. Placentia. Okay. 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 So then, so then you moved there and then did you keep in contact with the, with the Mohawk guy and the guys on the moped and that's how you continued going to shows and playing bass? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I, I picked up a job, so I was driving back over into Roland Heights to work and then I would hang out with them and all that stuff. So, um, I lived, in, you know, when the divorce happened, I was, you know, in, in middle school and we still ended up living in Roland Heights until after I graduated, graduated, it was just further away. So, um, so I, I became really good friends with them and, 
you know, ended up hanging out with all the, the, the punks in the, in the neighborhood and whatever, um, until I graduated high school. Once I graduated high school is when I moved into Orange County and that was Placentia. But by then I'd already had four or five years of going to punk shows with those guys. And I was driving by then and all that stuff. And then I know um, you were not originally part of the original Instead lineup when they when they when they formed. At what point do you meet those guys, and can you talk about meeting them and then ultimately getting into the band? Sure. Um, so back in Rolling Heights, back at high school, going to shows, um, ended up starting to you know the local bands met the guys from doggy style and uniform choice. Those were the two kind of local bands that were active at the time. And through being at those shows, other guys were at those shows. Um, I remember meeting, um, the guys from Hard stance, the Hayworth brothers and, um, and, and Mark and I became friends pretty quick. I was playing bass at the time. He played bass. Hard stance was an active band. Um, it's funny, his mom had the same car as my mom, and we'd drive those cars. So he would drive up from Irvine all the way up to Roland Heist, and we'd hang out and stuff. And so um, we, we started hanging out, and we were going to um, rehearsals at the Stop Box, which is, um, and No For an Answer was forming at the time. And, and I'd, I'd known Casey Jones, and so he was playing drums, and I'd met Dan and Gavin at that point. And, and the Hard Stance guys would come out also to that. Uh, some of those rehearsals and instead would rehearse there occasionally. And, and I met Kev at shows just high and by type stuff. And uh, I think it just kind of gotten back to him that I had played bass. And I was at all the, um, I was at all the, uh, the punk shows. So they saw that this guy's in the scene. He's part of the scene. And Kev asked me one time, I think we were at a Fender's show. I don't remember who was playing at the time, maybe agnostic front or something. And he had, came up to me and gave me a t-shirt and instead t-shirt he's all hey he's all um would you um would you want to play for instead you know we we're we're looking for a bass player uh, and i said sure you know and i was familiar with the demo tape the demo tape was out and they'd recorded bonds of friendship and and then they were making their changes and so he goes i'll send you a rough mix or you know the recording of the of the album and you can learn it and the good news was a lot of those songs were on the demo so i already knew them and I just learned it and, and then went, we went to some, it wasn't Stompbox, I think it was called Pulsar, another local re rehearsal place for bands and uh, rehearsed and, and joined, you know, that was like right away. It was, the chemistry was really quick, you know, you could tell. So you did not, as, I, as I've known it, you know, in the lore of the band and the lore of that record, so then you didn't play at all on Bonds of Friendship. No, I did not. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's funny because we talked about it because the record took so long to come out. I'd been in the band for a while before the record came out, and um, and I, I thought the bass tone was awful on it. And I wish I, I could have recorded on it, but <laughs> it's it no big deal. The record came out. I'd been in the band already, and by the time we started touring, uh, that was the lineup. And learning those songs was that learning them by ear? Did you sit down with Bear, or is it just you kind of going, "Hey, I can." I can play it. Yeah, by ear. It was by ear. I just I got lucky, you know. I was like, <laughs> playing for a few years, but I was just like I wanted to be in the band, so I just made sure that I knew what I was doing by the time I got there. So, you know, I, I've always wondered. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever asked anyone in the band this. How were songs written in instead? Was it everyone contributing? Was it was it was there a couple of main guys kind of coming with with riffs and stuff like that? How did that happen? 
Well, I think in the very early days, it was the McLaughlin brothers, which was Billy and Tommy. And I think Billy wrote most of the material. And um, and he was really into like the style, like 13 record and Seven Seconds to Crew. And so a lot of that sound, the, the early, what what developed as the Instead sound was, was that. And, uh, and the hard part was he was now not in the band anymore. And so that transition of the brothers getting moved out and me coming in and Bear being the main guitar guy, it, it we liked those same records as well, but I was bringing in, I was listening to Minor Threat and Negative Approach and Agnostic Front. So some of the sounds started getting a little bit different. You know, it was, hard, it was a harder sound. Plus New York hardcore scene was infectious because Youth of Today was happening and all that good stuff. And um, so a lot of people were paying attention to that style. And that style had come from records that I had also owned as a kid, which was Antidote and, and Agnostic Front and Cause for Alarm and The Abused and all that. And so they were kind of replicating that stuff. Um, so I loved it. So, you know, the sound kind of evolved a little bit. Would you say that that's why, because correct me if I'm wrong, after Bonds comes the seven inch that you guys did with Big Frank on ne Nemesis, would you right. say that that's why the sound kind of shifted a little bit? Or people talk talk about that. To me, I, I've always just heard Instead, and Instead just sounds like this or this Orange County hardcore band. But I just, sure. um, as I've gotten older, and you know, you start reading zines and stuff like that, and you find old stuff. You'll read like, oh, you know, they were trying to do this and trying to to, to do that, and I've I've never seen it that way. But after hearing what you've said that seems to be like, hey, this is kind of why it happened. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, when you get, you could kind of tell, like, if you really look at a band and, and they're changing their main songwriters or leaving and going, you could kind of hear the records slightly change stylistically. And, and that's kind of what happened um, with us. What um, was that like for you? Had you ever been in a studio before and now you're with this band who has a 12 inch and then you guys are recording a seven inch? Like you were part of something that, was uh what's the best way to say this like you were part of something that was like happening like it was it it wasn't like oh we're going to record a demo like you were past that yeah we were past that and it was all brand new to me so i was kind of the rookie of the group i guess you know coming coming into that seven inch i was just like you know happy to be there and i not a lot of experience in the studio um luckily i'd um i had bought a, a really good bass from uh from eric from pillsbury hardcore he, he was a super bass guy and he had a couple he was really into collecting high quality instruments and i was able to purchase uh, a good bass and which i still i played through the whole time with instead um so did you I, know anything about what was good and what wasn't good equipment back then no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I just, the first time I bought a bass, it was because I wanted a black bass. So I bought that. I don't even know what brand it was. It could have been a no, no name brand. I have no <laughs> idea. And, and then once I realized, I started playing after a year. And, and also, I credit Eric, too, from Pillsbury Hardcore. He used to work at Toxic Shock, which is a local record store that was near Roland Heights. And I'd go out there and buy records. And he would kind of feed me the, the records to buy like this came out it's really good you got to get one there's only two left whatever and so he was doing that and he and then when and then when i showed interest that i was playing music and i wanted to be in a band he also was like oh you got to get you got to get the fender p bass this and that i didn't know what the difference between any of that stuff was and so um luckily i i love the fender p bass so um that's what i that's what i bought from him and it's stuck with me <laughs> 